Welcome to the Talking with Tata podcast. I'm your host, Andy Schneider. Each week, we invite different specialists to give advice and information about raising children in today's environment. Today's guest is Chloe Harouche, who is the founder of the Lambie, which is a primary care membership for patients who just want more. And they offer wellness, nutrition, a primary care doctor, and really everything you need in one space. Throughout the episode, I compared it almost to a social club or a Soho House membership. And it feels like that. It's calm. It's informative. And you're really going to hear a lot about Chloe's personal story, which is truly incredible. Why she's so invested in her health, her wellness, and why she wants to help other people. When I was 23 years old, though, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, stage two. Definitely spent a lot of time with doctors in a capacity that... I had otherwise never um, experienced. And as a patient, I started to see what it actually felt like to navigate the healthcare system. And it was very alarming. The treatment itself was actually pretty straightforward, surprisingly. Um, What was really hard for me was all the work that went into being a survivor. You know, you actually get completely abandoned by the healthcare system. There's Mm. no one supporting you from treatment onwards. And when you're a 23 year old survivor, you have the rest of your life ahead of you and you wanna do whatever you can to minimize your risk of recurrence. So this is really something that me being in the medical field, I haven't seen before. And we always go to doctors. You have to see someone, your dentist, your OBGYN, your primary care, then your cardiologist. You see a thousand different doctors. And Chloe is trying to take her own personal story and make it easier. Nutrition, wellness, healthcare, she wanted it to really be easy for people. Ease really was the primary, I guess, reason behind everything. We talk about plans for expansion, and I'm excited for you all to listen to her personal story and why she started the Lambie. This week's Tata's tip of the day is talking about a collaborative approach. And this is something that I was inspired by Chloe's discussion of the Lambie and how she wanted everything under one roof. And that's what speech therapy should be. Speech therapy is not just trying to get your children to articulate or say more words. Yes, that is oftentimes the primary focus, but it truly is a collaborative approach. We are working with teachers, occupational therapists, physical therapists, your primary care. This is something that you should be heavily involved with. It is not just a speech pathologist coming into your house, working with your child for an hour or two a week, and then walking away. There's homework involved. One thing that we love to do in our sessions with my team of speech therapists is work on sensory work, socialization. Yes, I want your child to be the top of his or her class and sound incredible, but I want them to also be able to look me in the eye and have a conversation or be able to play with Play-Doh and sand. So when you are looking for a speech therapist, whether you are in New York, California, Miami, working with us or any incredible speech therapist, you want to make sure that you are really working as a whole. You want your children to have their sensory skills improve, their motor skills, their fine motor and gross motor skills, and really just socialization. So when you are choosing a speech therapist or if you are looking to seek one out, I would definitely say um, heavily rely on a collaborative approach and make sure the team you are working with can really give you goals for not just speech therapy and language skills, but also sensory socialization and motor skills as well. I'm very excited to welcome Chloe Harouche to today's Talking with Tata podcast. Chloe, you are the CEO and co-founder of The Lambie. And typically, I would start off by really explaining to our listeners who the um, speaker is and the guest for today. But I would love for you to kind of give us a little bit of a bio 
Um, tell us a little bit about your business and what exactly you are doing. Yeah, of course. I co-founded the Lambie almost two years ago. So our birthday is actually coming up this September. Um, and the premise behind the, the Lambie is we're trying to create sort of the ideal doctor's office for our generation. So a place where you can go to for primary care predominantly, but also for optimizing your health. And so what we've tried to do is sort of rethink the entire model around primary care to be more relevant to a demographic that's looking to incorporate wellness into their day-to-day -day in a way that feels personalized and easy and manageable and fun. Okay. So just to kind of make it relatable to everybody, what are you guys going to focus on? Are you focusing on women's health? Are you focusing on everyone? Will you be really like the go-to primary care specialist or is it kind of like a one-stop shop? Great questions. So primary care is by nature, not a specialist. We are generalists. And so we haven't focused on any specific niche population. The only sort of area that we focus on is, is patients that are sort of fall between the ages of like thirties and, and fifties, um, because mm -hmm. these are sort of the forgotten patients. Um, they're the ones who've avoided going to the doctor for so long. They instead turn to specialty care or urgent care or some random wellness, you know, modality that they've heard of on a podcast and think might be helpful and relevant to them. Lo and behold, they don't know how to track the results. And so they're left, you know, at square one. So yeah. our goal is to sort of be the go-to primary care doctor and membership for people who um, are dealing with a chronic condition and just and looking for a partner to help them manage it. People who are looking to optimize their health from, you know, whether they're women or male, um, we're currently, you know, 50-50 split. The only thing that we don't do is treat children. So we'll get to pediatrics hopefully in the next few years. All right. That's exciting. We can't wait for that over here talking with Tata. And I have a lot of questions about what your business model and how you started it. But can you tell us a little bit of the inspiration for starting the Lambie? Yeah, I know you have an incredible story. So why don't you kind of guide us into that? Sure. So professionally, I've always been in healthcare, passionate about medicine. Um, I'm a bioengineer by education and then went into healthcare technology consulting um, when I started my career and just have always enjoyed being around doctors. When I was 23 years old, though, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, stage two. Definitely spent a lot of time with doctors in a capacity that I had otherwise never um, experienced. And as a patient, I started to see what it actually felt like to navigate the healthcare system, and it was very alarming. The treatment itself was actually pretty straightforward, surprisingly. Um, what was really hard for me was all the work that went into being a survivor you know, you actually get completely abandoned by the healthcare system. There's mm. no one supporting you from treatment onwards. And when you're a 23 year old survivor, you have the rest of your life ahead of you and you want to do whatever you can to minimize your risk of recurrence. And it just felt like there was no coordination of care across all the specialists that I had on my sort of quote unquote care team. None of them were actually talking to each other. No one can answer the question of what else can I do to minimize my risk, whether it be diet, exercise, supplements. They sort of looked at me like, all right, my work is done here. You're off on your own. 
Um, wow. And that's where primary care really should step in. But the way that primary care has evolved is that it's become an urgent care. You know, people go to primary care when they're sick or when they're dealing with a you know, worst case scenario. And so what we have stopped doing is use, using primary care as a first line defense, as a partner, a collaborator, to help you be proactive about your health. And so my mission in, in founding the Lambie was to really sort of reclaim the role of primary care to sort of that, that first line defense, that quarterback for patients. Got it. So I'm assuming you probably saw the best of the best, the top, the top specialist when you were 23. So what you're saying is as soon as treatment stopped and you were in remission, it was like, okay, Chloe, go off on your own and live your life. That was right. It. Like go back to normal. You're good. And, wow. and, and yeah, like I was good. I was cancer free, but you know, there's so much about health that you can do proactively, right? Like you can think about your diet, you can think about your exercise regimen, you can look at your cardiovascular health, your metabolic health, your nutrient levels. And no one was looking at those things for me and saying like, let's push the envelope, let's do better. And, you know, when you think about my sort of constitution also, like I'm not obese. And so as long as you're not obese for a healthcare professional, your risk is is pretty normal. As long as you continue taking the prescriptions that they give you, you're good. And that wasn't satisfying for me. And maybe it's my competitive nature. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, I was extremely motivated, but I, I knew there was more that I could do. I was listening to podcasts. I was reading books. I was you know, diving into research and none of my doctors care to take the time to sort of have a conversation with me around the legitimacy of that research and where I could fit that in into my day-to-day -day lifestyle in a sustainable way that wouldn't drive me crazy. And so mm -hmm. what ended up happening for me was I sort of took that, that responsibility on myself. I became sort of an expert in optimizing my health. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a biohacker, but I, I definitely <laughs> was in that mentality. And, you know, that's dangerous too. When you go off on your own and you don't have any guidance, you don't have anyone tracking the impact that those changes are, are having on your, your levels, you know, that can be very dangerous. And, and that is what happened to me. It did get very dangerous and, and my health sort of completely spiraled out of control in a way that I would have never, ever expected. And then what ended yep. up happening then was sort of even more challenging than cancer itself, where cancer has a very sort of clear path to treatment for the most part when, when you have, you know, hormone receptor positive mm -hmm. breast cancer, at least what's, what's not easy to reverse is like all of the damage that I did to my hormone health. So I do want to talk about that. I know that I've, you know, read a lot about your story and I've heard you um, just giving different interviews and tell us a little bit about the impact it had on your fertility. And I do want to bring this back to the Lambie and kind of making it again. You really seem like you had the support system. You had the education. You had mentioned this competitive nature that you have. Not everyone's like that. How did this eventually lead you into finding this whole project where you have this amazing membership now and this whole business plan? So tell us a little bit about after 23, after the diagnosis, then what happened? Basically over the next few years, like this wasn't a, a, a 180 switch overnight, right? Like it took me many years to learn, to educate myself on what, you know, is good to eat, what's not good to eat. And I just, with every piece of information that I gathered, I went extreme. I'm just an extreme person. Like if someone tells me like, this is healthy, I'm like, okay, done doing it tomorrow. 
yeah. um, which is definitely not the norm. So what ended up happening is, you know, I was told cut out carbs, cut out sugar, cut out alcohol. So I did all of those things. And obviously that meant that over time I lost a good amount of weight. I also was told intermittent fasting is really good for cleaning out your bad cells and reinvigorating your good cells. So I started doing that. I started exercising rigorously. I had never exercised since I was an athlete in high school, never went to the gym in college. So all of a sudden started incorporating exercise into my routine. So again, that also contributed to weight loss, mm -hmm. but I never thought about it from the perspective of fertility. If anything, I started to develop this perception in my head of the thinner that I am, the healthier I am. And it wasn't mm -hmm. like your typical eating disorder where, you know, I, I was obsessed with body image. It was more just like, it felt like I was cr like sucking the life out of cancer in my mm. body by giving it as little room to grow as possible. And that sense of control that I gained was like a high. And so with every restriction that I added, like it felt like I gained more control, um, yeah. which is somewhat like an eating disorder, but but just, I guess, a different sort of context right. around right. it. You know, when I finally was ready to to have a child, like I, I always thought fertility would be a challenge because of the chemotherapy, not because of, of my weight. Right. And so when I did eventually lose my period, uh, which happens when you get too thin, yep. I was like, okay, I guess the tamoxifen, which is a drug that I'm on, like has sort of turned off my ovaries and my, all the chemo is catching up with me. And, and by the way, this was like four years after I was done with treatment, my wow. oncologist who, you know, obviously I go to for any questions related to treatment. I said, do you think that this is, it's possible that it had to do with uh, the chemotherapy? And he's like, honestly, I don't know. I'm not used to treating people your age. And so I said, okay, well, maybe it's that. We did go through the process of IVF. We went to the best. And even when I went to see my IVF doctor, he was like, yeah, don't worry about your weight. Like we'll basically give you the hormones that you need. It's your, your weight is not an issue. And I was like, okay. So Interesting. I yeah. changed my weight. I was eating, you know, obviously in my head, the healthiest diet possible, full of omega fats and healthy protein and, and no, you know, refined carbs. And I was like, great. I think that I have you know, the perfect healthy yes. system going on, but IVF wasn't working. Like I kept, I get, I got pregnant, but I kept miscarrying. And so I looked at my, I went to finally see an integrative doctor and um, she actually is now the founding physician at the Lanby, but she wow. told me like, I think you have hypothalamic amenorrhea, which basically is like the diagnosis for an eating disorder where your body is in a state of stress, whether it be because you're starving it, whether it be because you're, you know, doing too much exercise, um, whether you're just like naturally, you know, you're having elevated cortisol levels. And so when that happens, the rest of your hormone production sort of dwindles. Mm -hmm. And so my thyroid levels had completely gone flat. And there were some studies that showed that low thyroid is linked to miscarriages. And so I asked my doctor this and he was like, no, like your thyroid seems normal, but it wasn't normal. It was, it was an unoptimal. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I decided I'm done with IVF. Like this isn't working. It was honestly the most emotionally exhausting experience I had ever been through more than chemotherapy, more than, more wow. than any challenge that I've had to deal with the failure of IVF. And it was particularly because of the miscarriages less so than like it not sticking 
Right. It was just devastating. So I was like, all right, we're, we're going with surrogacy. And so we ended up exploring surrogacy. And in the meantime, I was like, okay, now is, is when I'm going to sort of take time to actually completely reset what my definition of health is. And I don't think that I'm finally there yet, but I do know that there is a healthy weight that one should have, and it's not the thinnest you could possibly be. And I'm still working towards getting there, but I do believe that if I do get to the point that I need to be, like I should have no problem getting pregnant down the road if I Mm -hmm. decide to do that. I'm curious how you found this perfect team to work with? Was it because of your experience where you felt like nobody was communicating? Was it seeing these specialists, your fertility specialists who said, oh, your hormone's fine, your weight's fine? You know, do you find that this has really led you to just find the perfect team that you want to be at the Lambie right now? So yes, but I didn't find that for myself. So basically, Hmm. when I went to meet with this amazing integrative medicine doctor, the way her model worked was you pay per visit. So you pay a lot of money, you finally get the answers that you're looking for. But then the follow through is, you know, you you still have to pay per visit. Like it's not an ongoing relationship. You want to hold yourself back from booking more visits because the more visits you book, the more expensive it's going to get. And so at a certain point, you're like, all right, I got this. And so Mm -hmm. when I was building the model for the Lambie, I said to myself, you know, I want this to be a continuous relationship. I want it to be a model where you're incentivized to keep that conversation going with not mm-hmm. just a physician, but with an entire care team. So thinking about your health from a 360 lens, obviously you need your physician, but you also need a wellness advisor, like someone that hasn't registered dietitian background who can help guide you through all the questions that you have around supplements, around diet, around exercise, around acupuncture, potentially um, around research articles that you're listening to and podcasts that you want to sort of bounce ideas off of. So, so having sort of more of like an advisor slash coach, but not a health coach, because I wanted this person to have a real degree and be able to collaborate well with the physician. And then the third Mm -hmm. person is a physician assistant. So someone who can, again, support the physician, um, but has more sort of bandwidth to be able to talk to you about more of the acute things that are going on as well. So I didn't just want someone that focused on the proactive preventive side, which is more than what any doctor does. But I also wanted you to be able to go to the same doctor for primary care, basic, basic primary care, like I need a vaccine, or um, I'm traveling, what flu shots do I what shots do I need? Or I'm feeling sick, I'm getting COVID, like what, you know, whatever, whatever the question might be, you know, what I found with some of the competitors that are very sort of on the side of integrative medicine is that they completely ignored the need for primary care. And they said, No, we're not replacing your primary care, you need to go somewhere else for that. And so I wanted to create sort of a centralized hub where people can just have one care team for all the basics Mm. and and sort of have that with the lens of how do we be most proactive about your care, but not drop the ball when you really need us. Um, So we're not urgent care or emergency room care by any means, but we do sort of help when you get sick. So I love that you said two things um, and I'll kind of relate it back to my medical history. You said a hub and continuous relationship. I have somewhat mild, moderate version, um, or I have Crohn's, and I have seen the best specialist in New York, the best specialist in Miami. I have seen it all. Recently, I finally found a doctor, and I guess we would consider him integrative medicine as he is really referring me out to acupuncturist. 
And I'm seeing all these different specialists that in my, I guess I've been diagnosed now for about nine years. I have never been told to see an acupuncturist. I have never been told to see a dietitian. I work with wow. incredible dietitians. It's so sad to me that, and of course I have a great um, support system and I do my own research because I'm so involved with the medical field that I finally found the people that I wanted, but they said, oh, go see a, you know, acupuncturist or, oh yeah, maybe go talk to a dietitian about the different foods. No, but did they ever even connect the dots no. for you? Like, no. Right. And I wish, I, I mean, look, I obviously I want to hear about like locations and if we can do the Lambie virtually, but you know, for me, I gave up, I think from when I was 25, 26 to about 30. And I had a few people kind of pushing me back into like, figure this out. But for about five, six years, I gave up. I didn't want one more colonoscopy. I just, I didn't want medicine. I didn't want steroids. I said, I'm done with this. And yeah, I was in pain and I suffered, but I thought that was kind of better than having to just go doctor to doctor. And I wish I had this hub that you say of just one place. like a. And look, I know it's not a one-stop shop in the sense of I'm going to get every specialist in the world in one building, but even just someone who says, okay, let's connect the dots here. Let's go here. And then it's a trickle down effect. So let's kind of right. cross things off. Right. I'm craving that in my life. So I'm assuming just your past and probably working with a lot of friends in New York, and especially women trying to just find someone who can say, you know, let's figure this out. Tell us a little bit about your team. So when it comes to picking a specialist, I know for me, I care about education and I care about background, but the biggest, I guess, the main component that I look for is communication. In my doctors, um, I have an amazing acupuncturist now who texts me probably once a week just to say, how are you doing today? What yeah. happened? What's, you know, what's going on? And I know as a speech therapist, I am very communicative with our kids, our parents, Tell us a little bit about how you really choose your team to work with. Yeah. So interesting that you, you sort of use the word team as like our extended team, right? Cause we have our internal team and those are the people that are part of your care team. Mm -hmm. And there's about five people that are part of the care team, but then there's also our external network and those people are our specialists. And we've brought specialists, not just from the clinical side, but also the wellness side. So we actually refer a lot out to acupuncture, to physical therapy, um, mental health, things that sort of most primary care doctors don't refer out to. And we value the relationship that we build with these specialists um, as a key sort of component of, you know, being part of our network. So essentially what we require when someone joins our network is that level of communication, um, because not only do we want to be able to deliver an expedited VIP experience for our members when they come your way, we also want to hear how that visit went and what your thoughts are for their care moving forward, because we want to be part of that conversation. We want it to be a collaboration. Yeah. Um, we want to sort of remain the hub. And so in order for us to do that, we need the specialists to be willing to share their feedback with us. And sort of sometimes that requires an extra step. Like there's a lot of specialists that don't have a billing department. They are lazy. They don't want to send the, the records your way. The specialists that we bring on board send us an email with feedback. And sometimes we get on the phone with those specialists if we need you to, to really have that conversation about how a patient is doing and what we should do next steps. <laughs> Speaking of acupuncture, we're doing an event actually with one of our acupuncture partners, Aura Space, um, which has a location both on the Upper East Side and up, uh, downtown, where we're sort of doing residency at Aura, where our members 
can come try acupuncture, do that sort of um, tongue and pulse diagnostic as part of their acupuncture session, then go meet with their wellness advisor afterwards, where we're really sort of bringing together that collaboration face to face with our members. And sort of similarly, you know, or or members are able to experience the Lambie for the first time as well. But sort of creating experiences like that, where we don't necessarily want to shove acupuncture down your throat if you've never tried it, but we do want to create opportunities for you to dabble and to yeah. experiment and see if that could be a modality that works for you and, and, and see how you feel and see if it's worth prioritizing across all the different activities that you want yeah. to invest in. Yeah. Because if not, wellness gets really expensive. And I think that that's sort of the, the pain point that we're seeing often mm-hmm. is we're seeing that you know, patients are completely exasperated by all the different trends that are, you know, being shoved in their newsfeed. And they don't know how to select between all these things that sound like they're very science-backed and research-based, but they're not personalized and they're not being effectively prioritized. Absolutely. And so it's interesting. I actually was just having a conversation with the founder of Aura and I love what they're doing. I wish they were in Miami, but I love what they're doing because of, again, it's that team approach. And it's not just, let me walk in and get some acupuncture. It's like, what is going on here? And I have a lot of friends actually who are struggling with fertility and weight, hair loss. And there's just so many questions of why is this happening? Not just here, take a pill. So I really love the fact, and I want to really stress it to everyone who's listening, of this this communication that you guys have and this relationship that you have with your clients, your patients. And it seems like on a business end, even though you might not be a physician, you are very involved with everyone who comes in. And it's this team approach with the doctors that I absolutely love. So tell us a little bit, are you, and I'm sure you have a great answer for this, are you replacing a primary care physician or a specialist or what exactly do you offer everyone? Yes, we 100% replace your primary care and offer a lot beyond that, right? So all the wellness that we do, all the coordination of your care with specialists, and it's not just with specialists, with imaging, when it comes to testing kits, when it comes to supplements. Um, So we basically create like personalized recommendations for you across clinical and wellness modalities. And then we also host events. And and some of these are exclusive to members where we do sort of group workshops and programming for members, again, as I said, to be able to dabble and experiment with different modalities, but also to learn. We're we're Mm -hmm. big on education and empowering our members to really have a seat at the table. And so sometimes we sort of create these sort of more focused workshop sessions on a specific topic that we know our members are interested in learning more about. And it would be more effective for our wellness advisor to, to lead a group and to have that interaction between our members where they can share feedback and insights and their experiences as opposed to just doing one-on-one. So we recently did one on optimizing your sleep, on breaking down what it's like to work with a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, and, and understanding what metabolic health means. So we're, we're really trying to sort of create these opportunities for our members to, to educate themselves um, and really have a voice. Yeah. So, so hopefully, yeah, it's, it's primary, it's the way primary care should be. Should be, but it's not, unfortunately. Um, And it really, I mean, not to diminish this using this comparison, but it's almost like a Soho house in the medical field. I feel like you are trying to make it just normalize medicine and normalize, you know, whether you're giving lecture series, like seems like it's this membership. I wish someone had taught me I have an incredible OBGYN, but I wish someone would say to me, like, this is how you do check your breast. 
or this is what you should look for. Why is your hair thinning? What is going mm-hmm. on? And again, I've done a lot of research. I've worked with incredible dietitians and all these different physicians, but it really was me and my mom, uh-huh. honestly, like trying to put together the pieces here. And again, I'm kind of like you, I'm a little bit competitive in a lot of ways. And especially with my health, but I had about those five years where I gave up. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, yeah. So it is really incredible. And this is something I've been wanting to ask you. So what would you really change about the medical field and the healthcare system in general? Or what are you looking to change? I think the healthcare system broadly would benefit significantly, both from an experience and a cost perspective, if they invested more in prevention. Like the amount of money, time, and resources that goes into treating chronic disease and sort of what we call the four horsemen, like the things that are killing us, if we were to just reinvest that, into prevention. And and by doing so, thinking through like, what is an experience that's going to get people to interact with the healthcare system where they're not embarrassed, they're not fearful, they're not dreadful of the experience, but rather they're looking forward to the opportunity to interact with their doctor. That's ultimately how we create a societal shift um, and a value prop shift around what it means to consume healthcare. So, so I think that's the sort of the biggest thing that I would change is sort of where we invest our, our dollars. And of course, that starts with insurers and um, what they reimburse for and how they reimburse. And, you know, the shift towards value-based care models is a step in the right direction. Perfect answer. And I, again, I see all these specialists, you want to see the best of the best and the top, and a lot of them don't take insurance. And I am very fortunate that I can handle that, but a lot of people can't. And Also, kind of bringing it back to your diagnosis at 23, how many people would probably just say, oh, it's no big deal. I'm not going to go see someone. I can't afford it right now. Or I don't know who to go see. I'll worry about it in a few years. And it's life-changing. The Lambie seems like it's that perfect destination and just guidance that everybody needs right now. Thinking about how to best advocate for the patient. So we, as part of the care team, have a dedicated member advocate who helps you think through, like, how do you prioritize your spend, your time, you know, specialists is like a huge part of um, navigating healthcare. So when we refer out to specialists, we, we look at your, your preferences. So we're not just going to assume that because you're a member of the Lambie, you want to go to the top specialist, you might want to use your insurance when it comes to specialists. And, and we actually do encourage you to do so when it's just a routine screening. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the specialists in our network have, you know, the ability to take insurance and so, you know, we're able to match patients with, with, you know, providers that are not going to be an additional out-of-pocket expense. And so by being a member of the Lambie, we're also thinking through how do we use what you're already spending on insurance most effectively? Like that money is now out the door. Now, how do we maximize the value of it? And then in the following years, as we get you to baseline, how do we rethink what insurance coverage you should have? Does everyone need to be on an extremely like all-encompassing insurance plan, or should you switch towards one that's a low premium and a high deductible so that you can actually be conscious about where you're investing your dollars? That's sort of where we're pushing our members to get towards, but it, it really does take getting to baseline before you can do that. Right. So you guys help with all of the insurance information. I know, you know, when you go off your parents' plan or if you're married, not married, who to choose? I moved about two years ago to Miami 
I had to choose a new insurance. I was, you know, have doing a lot of research. I have no idea about insurance. I know a lot about doctors, not enough about insurance. So you guys help with that. We do. I mean, it's not like one of our specialties, right? Because yeah. we don't take insurance, but we do yep. try to help patients like navigate it, understand it. We did a whole event around understanding insurance. You know, we, we try to make it easier for patients, especially because we have a lot of patients who are entrepreneurs and, you know, don't have very extensive benefits from an employer. And so trying to think through like, what's a reasonable amount of money to spend and, and, you know, how to be a little bit more strategic about it. Absolutely. So I want to hear about what you guys are starting to launch in September and really where you see the Lambie in the next five years. We're currently at capacity with membership. So in September, we're, we're bringing on a few new hires, um, which will allow wow. us to reopen capacity. You know, we're very mindful of making sure that we don't burn out our staff um, in the same way that we don't, you know, burn out our patients. Like we want to deliver the experience that we've promised our members. We want to create a good workplace for physicians to be able to thrive and to be able to stay collaborating and, and really have the time to be proactive about your care. Um, so it was a very important decision for us to be able to, to stop um, accepting new members and, and be able to hold out until we brought new um, team members on board. So um, mm -hmm. starting in September, we'll, we'll be excited to turn off the wait list. But some other things that we've been exploring is just like how to continue adding more to our membership, whether it be workshops, you know, series around mental health, series around physical therapy, so that you're not just referring out for everything, but we're creating more opportunities for experiences in-house that are not necessarily included as part of your membership because not everyone wants to be able to try these things. But in the event that it makes sense in, in your journey, having the opportunity to get sort of a preferred rate at a, a group experience. Um, I think group is, is a really, really interesting modality for us to explore. And, and we're really excited about it. Um, we're talking to a few specialists in our network about launching some, some exciting series in the fall, hopefully, but just sort of continuing to sort of raise the bar around how do we track our, our members' progress? How do we use um, various different types of assessments and diagnostics to give them access to more information, give providers access to more information, integrate with their wearable devices so that we can monitor them more on an, of an ongoing basis? We recently just launched our first app. Um, and so that's a great tool for us to be able to incorporate great. better accountability for our members. You know, most of the people that, that join the Lambie are, are just looking for that nudge. You know, they know they need mm -hmm. to eat healthier. They know they need to drink more water. They know they need to get more exercise in, but actually having someone push you and remind you and sort of have the data to, to support why is really helpful and motivating for members. And so that's sort of where the sort of the direction that we're headed. I think that's incredible. And especially the fact that you really are kind of putting a lot of focus and emphasis on group. And one last question for you. So do you do a virtual option or is this New York City only? So we don't have a virtual only option, mm -hmm. but we do have sort of one requirement, which is that your first visit be done in person. So yeah. as long as you can make it to New York once a year for your annual baseline visit, which is when we do your physical, your blood work, a body composition analysis test, then we could do the, the rest virtually. We'll send you for repeat labs wherever you, you live locally. We can also set you up with an at-home phlebotomy service. So we try to make it work for our members who wow. are not based in New York. But for the most part, we, we do encourage members to be at 
least come once a year. We yep. are licensed in Florida, California, New Jersey, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania. So we do have members in those states, but anyone who's not based in one of those states, it, it does become a little bit tricky because we can't prescribe. Got it. All right. Well, that will be the the 10 year, the five year. Honestly, the way you guys are moving, it could be like next year's plan, but I think that's incredible. I hope and- so. That is the best goal. Um, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for, honestly, for me, because I (laughs) wish that everyone had just access to something like what you're doing, which it seems like you are giving them access. Where can our listeners find you? Social media, website, where can we all look into this? Um, So the website is thelanby.com. Our Instagram is at the.lanby. Um, my personal Instagram is at Chloe Harouche. I'm not active at all on Instagram, so don't don't expect much there. <laughs> and 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 our newsletter is a great way to stay in touch when it comes to events. We do a lot of public events. Um, great. So if, if you're ever interested in, in in coming to one of those, that's a great way to just and get we started sign and get up your feedback. on the website. Yeah, you can sign up on Got the it. website too. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was fabulous. I hope everyone goes and looks you guys up website, Instagram, and you're taking on some new people in September. So that's also exciting. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening to the Talking With Tata podcast. Please subscribe and follow along wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever that may be. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Talking With Tata and our website, talkingwithtata.com.